We think that yeah. his blessings, we think that his blessings are amazing, and they are, but sometimes his greatest blessings is what he's not giving us because he is starving us, not because he's mean, because he wants to bond with us. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. Big Mike, you stirred up? Stirred up. Ziglag. I'm really stirred up, man. Talk to me. Ziglag was a place in the Bible where King David held up. It was a stronghold. But in the story, Ziglag is actually one of David's lowest and worst moments in his life. Uh, Non-Israel land owned by the Philistines. Mm. It's when Saul dies. Yes. This is wild, Michael. When Saul dies, David is in the biggest battle of his life. Yes. Why is it the worst battle David went through? So at Ziglag, David is fighting God's battles. He's all fighting the enemy. But what made Ziglag so bad is that while David is doing what God called him to do, women, children, all of his men, his family are there exposed. And another enemy comes in and they take his women, they take the children, their wives, their families, they burn the entire city to the ground and they leave. And when David gets back with his men, they are exhausted. They've been fighting for several weeks. They turn on him and they turn on him. These are not just normal soldiers. These are some of his most trusted, closest, loyal followers. And they turn on him, and they want to stone him. Why did he Why did he not fight? Why did he not just go get his family? The first thing he does is worship God. That's a great question. You know, I would think that if it was my family, you, if it was your family, one of the first things was, I'm going to go get them. You know, the enemy took them. But David doesn't do that. And instead, he calls for the ephod, which is this priestly garment, which we know that this is David's way of, I need to connect with Abba first. Where did he get the revelation to do that? Uh, I think that came from his upbringing because, you know, the Bible says he was a shepherd in the shepherd's field. Yeah. And he had already built some history with God in in one-on-one, seeing him, singing to him, listening to him. And so I just knew that basically... David, that's that's what he had. Do you know the last four houses I bought? Mm. I bought them following the presence of God. I bought a 12-acre piece of property following the presence of God. Yep. And I also don't despise plans. But if we're not careful, plans will get in front of presence. Mm-hmm. That's Saul versus David. Yes. So Saul is a king. Not only did he not care about the presence, he left the ark in the wilderness. That's pretty bold. It's very bold. And so David becomes king. The first thing he does to go get that presence. What does it look like practically for a person to be led by presence first and then plans? It looks like when a decision needs to be made, when something comes in your life that needs to be made, a decision needs to be made, instead of relying on intuition, education, even tradition or experience, You stop and you seek the Father. You go to the Holy Spirit and you inquire of him, what should I do? That's what it looks like in present day. Anti-Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is lean on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. My own understanding is not, I don't want to call it evil. It's just biblically, we are to inquire him on all big decisions. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, this is huge. And it's one of Joshua's only mistakes. 
because you know Joshua led Israel. He's a phenomenal leader. You talking about the Gibeonites? The Gibeonites. There was a group of people that came and they tricked Joshua and the elders of Israel, and they wanted to form an alliance with them. And I don't believe they were supposed to do it. But in, Joshua did not inquire the Lord, and he relied on his human senses. He relied on his human understanding and made a decision, and it cost them. And a lot of times, people call that wisdom. Yes. And it opened up opens up around for the demonic to come after you because you're not doing what the Lord's telling you to do. Mm. Uh, watch this. David, the plan said it was time to take the senses. That's the structure. That's the plan. That's the system. That's right. And God got mad. I just I, Here's what I think the big idea is. Mm. Always go to him first. Yes. Always. Always. There's something about us that we can make some huge mistakes and it not be and it really be more from ignorance because you just, well, you, you know, I've done it so many times in the past. I can do it this way. Mm -hmm. I've invested in the past that way and it's worked that way and whatever it is. And all of a sudden it's like, why, why can I, why am I not winning right now when I've been trained to do the thing? Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot because the presence is not in the center. Absolutely. I think there are a lot of churches that are not presence driven. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. They're program driven or they're people driven. And I'm not even saying that that's evil. It's just not biblical. Yes. Being, I heard John Bevere today, he said, when a move of God comes, there's, there's four things that typically stop it. One of them was a lack of humility, but John said, also, it's when we try to put our own spin on it, control it. You have to let God do what he wants, when he wants. I guess you don't have to. He's inviting you to let him do what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants it. Mm -hmm. Yes. How come so many people struggle with that? Because I think our own own opinions get in the way, and we kind of mix what we want with what he wants, and it really never works that way. You know, it blows my mind, Jesus, divinity on the earth, yet mm. he didn't even have his own self-will. Yes. That's, that's mind-blowing. He's sinless lamb of God, submitted to the Father. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what, tell the, what the Father tells me to say. It wasn't Jesus had an opinion and he brought it to the Father. He was completely surrendered. You know, it's wild. The only freedom I've ever found is through surrender. Wow. Right? That's right. I feel my most free when I'm most surrendered. I can discern at times when it's like I'm not connecting to his presence like I normally do. Yes. I can always 100% of the time trace it back to something on my end, not his end. So like the purpose of a wilderness, mm. the purpose of the wilderness is communion. Yeah. Right? Yes. So when the father even leads me into a season of heavy pruning or to a wilderness, it's not to hurt me, it's to bond with me. Mm. It. This is so wild to me that David bonded with God. David did not fall in Bethlehem or Hebron or uh, Ziglag when all hell's breaking loose. Mm. He fell when there was not as much of a need to bond with the father. He fell at a time when he was very prosperous and successful. Pressure, tough times, being pressed on, being reduced to nothing, many times is a blessing and we can't see it. It's, it's more of a gift than what we realize. Why do so many people crave the, the season that's coming that's going to produce so much serenity? It's, it's the Father that produces shalom, yes. abiding in him. I think a lot of people have a misconception of, well, if I make it through this season, mm -hmm. the next season is going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, like, 
Mm. Yeah, you see it biblically good. all the time. Even King Saul mm-hmm. at the very beginning, it's kind of awkward. I, I read, I took my time one day. I was like, he actually started off low. He did very low. He started off really, really well, but he made some decisions that were not good, and he ended up finishing very poorly. You know what I think is going to happen to the church in the West over the next thirty years, or however long till the Lord returns? Mm. The more it's pressed on, the more it'll grow. The healthier it'll be. It's as though comfort is a curse. It is. It's one of the hardest. It's it's one of the toughest things that come to us as the church, as the body of Christ, because it takes us out of that place of dependency. It takes us out of that place of really relying on him for everything. I mean, Paul said it. It's the heart of Paul's letter in Corinthians. He says, he says, let me boast in my weakness for the power of him. The power of God rests on my weakness. You know what I feel like the Father's showing me right now, the reason why the Secret Place book is so incredible? Mm. Bob Sorge's sickness. Wow. C.S. Lewis says, pain is the greatest classroom teacher. There's something about when we're going through something very, very hard. Yes. It presses us into the Father. I feel I feel that it, it, it keeps us in that place of humility. And he's so drawn to genuine, pure humility. The Father cannot resist when we are humble, when we when we walk and live in that place of humility. I recently had a conversation, to, to prove your point, of someone that went through a season so horrific that I've, I've never known anyone go through anything harder and longer. Mm. And the person said, I don't miss the physical pain I went through, but I miss how close to the father I was. Wow. Told me that to my face. We're in a small group. Mm. And I was like, wow. Graham Cook says there's two seasons, hiddenness and manifestation. He learned this from a Catholic priest. Hiddenness is like wilderness desert. Wow. Manifestation is when you're stepping into your Jerusalem, whatever that is metaphorically. I've met, I think it's one out of a thousand, that may be generous, that when they get into a place of manifestation, when you're making money, when everything you touch is prospering, when when life's great, most people lose their desperation. You know, that reminds me of uh, Solomon. You know, he's the wisest man in the world, and he speaks to this. And there's a, there's a proverb that he says in a prayer, and he says, Father, don't let me become too rich that I may forget your name, but don't let me become so poor that I have to steal dishonor your name, but give me only my daily bread. A very famous person died mm. today, I just found out. Wow. Guess how much money they left behind? How much? Two billion dollars. Let's talk about David Green, Hobby Lobby CEO. Mm-hmm. 99% of his money is in a trust fund. His kids can't touch it. He capped his salary at $250,000. Wow. Some people say, I would never do something like that. That is wild. Get that Elon Musk money, and most people, you get fat, lazy spiritually. Mm-hmm. There is something about choosing in to discomfort. Like for me, I've noticed in the past four or five months, as I've been on the lose weight train, my gym sessions now, it's, it wasn't this way at first. If I don't leave there borderline limping or gasping for my life, <laughs> I don't feel like I worked out. Yes. What I want, to, fat guys hate the gym, Michael. <laughs> I, can I, used, I used to hate it. <laughs> I, used to, I used to think, why would you go to the gym? It's miserable. <laughs> and now I'm choosing into pain. And it's as though it's not worth it to me if I'm not drenched. Mm-hmm. It's actually a blessing. It's a blessing. Do you know the statistics on trust fund babies? No. They throw their lives away. Uh, they Almost all of them. They're almost set up for failure. Yeah. Yes. And it's 
it's like a curse. They they can't find purpose. Mm. It's the rich young ruler, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I'll serve you. I'll follow you to a certain point, but I can't go that far with you if you're asking me to give all of this up. All right, let's close here. A couple of practical things we can do. I'm thinking of one in particular. What can we do to choose into the pressing to stay hungry? I think one of the things we can do is to um, choose humility when it comes. Humility is a choice. I've learned that so often in life. And (laughs) we don't ever have any shortages in our life to choose humility. There's going to be a circumstance or a situation that arises every day in our life where we get to choose humility. I think choosing humility really keeps us in that place. I think fasting does. Mm. I think giving stuff up does. Yes. I think um, choosing into prayer when you don't want to pray. Mm-hmm. It's commanding your body to do things when the, yeah. it doesn't want to do it. David said, I'm going to bless the Lord. He commanded his soul to bless the Lord. But I pretty much believe he didn't feel like doing it. As he becomes master, we begin to master things in our lives. Mm. And if I'm not mastering things in my life, then that means he's not my master. That's right. But even in that, I'm choosing into it. That's really good. Thief on the cross, he spending forever in heaven, and he didn't have time to work out his salvation with fear and trembling, right? Yes. I mean, he's, he's about to die. But for those of us who are following Jesus with our lives, there's a couple of types of wilderness, one which I'm, I'm going to go to because of my own disobedience, but one in which I'm going to be called by the Father mm. to go to be groomed, to go through some discomfort for a reason. There's no way Jesus is going to the wilderness because he did something wrong. Yes. So what's the purpose of that? I think it's even bonding. It was He came out of there and he immediately goes into towards the cross. Yes. Higher form of power. What I'm saying is there's actually some things we can do to choose into the same thing that happens while we're in the wilderness. Fasting, mm-hmm. prayer, consecration. Yes. Solitude. Things that are kind of boring to most, but they're the pathways to deep connection with God. Yes. You cannot grow closer to him without doing those things. There's no way. I mean, think about Philippians. Philippians was written while he was chained up. In jail. He was in prison. Go read Dr. Martin Luther King's The Best Letters He Wrote. He was in, in a jail, jail in Birmingham. Uh, Gandhi, he, he influenced a continent. Mm. And I'm going to tell you what was the secret to his success. Fasting. It's typically mm. the things we chew, choose into that's not to get the father's attention it's more to buffet our own bodies yes a lot of people say to me i don't like to read and i'll say then you must not like to lead reading's hard it's almost like we don't as humans we don't want to do anything that's hard Mm -hmm. there's a laziness that has to be overcome and and it's on us not the father Mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing he can do is to withhold we think that his blessings we think that his blessings are amazing, and they are, but sometimes his greatest blessings is what he's not giving us because he is starving us, not because he's mean, because he wants to bond with us. I've learned that the greatest blessings that come in our life will always come through the form of a really difficult challenge, huge, huge obstacle. And the way we respond to that challenge or obstacle determines how we will access that blessing. Work uh, out your salvation with, with fear and trembling. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.